Pheasant. Pheasant. Little James Pheasant. <laughs> so James, little James Pheasant. James and the Giant Peach. <laughs> he was like, right, and Chris holds his fucking microphone like he's Mick Jagger. Fucking <laughs> hell. Oh, I feel like Mick Jagger. The old haggard version. Drunk and overweight. Just out, I, I, I get out of breath just by fucking lounging and talking to you and drinking yes. Peroni. Yeah, but that's only because you're exchanging intelligence with somebody and ending up with a deficit. Welcome to What's in the Box, the show about intelligent people making intelligent decisions and fighting mutant space bears and literally nothing else. Should we take a look inside the box this week? Let's have a look what's in the box this okay. week. Ooh. It's Indiana Jones. <laughs> is it? Yes, it is. <laughs> it's Indiana Jones. <laughs> Did you know that Spielberg has confirmed production of Indiana Jones, the next one? What is that, five? Six? Five. Five. Will start next year. It's Spielberg. It's Indiana Jones. It's huge news, mate. Who's going to play Indiana Jones? So obviously Harrison Ford. Fuck off, mate. He's not... He's, he's doing seen, his old man run that you love. I, I, you can't run anymore. We, like, he's got his little arms tucked in. Who would you like to play Indiana Jones? I don't. I don't want anyone else to play Indiana Jones. I don't want anyone else to play Han Solo, but Disney mm. are making me eat it. So if it's got to be anybody, it should be that same dude. <laughs> so he's not actually playing... He's not playing Han Solo. He's actually playing Harrison Ford. Yes. He's <laughs> just following Harrison Ford's career and all the remakes. Because he's doing pretty well so far. So we'll see that. We'll see Sabrina. We'll see him quietly regarding Henry six, yeah. day, six days What's and seven Amish nights. One? What's the Amish, Amish one? one? <laughs> what one? is the Amish one? I don't know, but we'll see that. So no other Harrison Ford what, movies, Firewall. What's his name? What, I want to say Ansel it? Elgort. It's Aaron Elgort. No, it's not. It's like Aaron Eckhart. Ellen, no. That's, <laughs> <laughs> it like, he was in Thank You for Smoking and was also no. Two-Face. Um, okay. It's Aaron Eckhart. We know the dude. The dude who's being the dude who's already playing Harrison Ford. Yes. Who is that? We're both in the same ballpark. Like it begins with an A, and then yes. there's an E for the so it's Alan. 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 <laughs> Alan. It's basically <laughs> nothing's happened this week. Fucking hell, is we it did. Not? We basically Shit. did all the news yeah. on the last episode. Like. Everything just happened in that one week. I, I mean, there was the thing I read today about Robin Williams that really, really upset me. Whoa. It was the worst like headline I've seen. Mm. It was like, Robin Williams used to fondle my breasts. And I was like, oh no, not him too. I mean, I know he's gone, but please don't. No, no, no. And it was from the lady who was in Mork and Mindy with him. I forget the actress's name now. Mindy. And then when you actually clicked on it, the follow-up was, he used to fondle my breasts and it was hilarious. It was absolutely fine. <laughs> but it was just talking about all the antics that they used to, he used to get up to on Mork and Mindy, basically because <sighs> he was either bored or because he was Robin Williams. Wow. Um, and it just sounded amazing. Really? Well, like when the, when the camera, when they were doing like her coverage and stuff like that, he'd start taking off his clothes and try and get naked to distract her. Right, okay. that, right, because that, that's inappropriate again, isn't it? That is inappropriate, but it's like, okay because it's funny. He's part of the problem. <laughs> I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> and he talked about some 70-year-old woman who he goosed. Goosed? And I was like, what? Uh, goosing? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I like, when, I like when you have to sit me down and <laughs> teach me about things. Goosing is getting the end of a brush or a mop right. and quickly jabbing it up in between the buttocks of an unsuspecting person because uh. it makes them stand to attention and goose. 
say, mate, that's not that's not what goose looks like, mate. But it's more penguining, but penguining doesn't roll off the tongue. What? So Robin Williams will go around goosing Mindy? No, he would goose anyone that walked past him in the corridor. Jesus, see, again, that is inappropriate. It's funny. No, it's not funny, mate. <laughs> Fucking hell, I'm glad he is dead. Can't Stop say that about. Can't say that about Robin Williams. Stop saying it. Oh, he got a bit tedious, though, didn't he? After a while. No. Yes, he did, th- mate. Fuck off. You can't say this because it's not true. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's not. It. What point? He's did doing he get it again, tedious? and he's doing it. Here he comes. He's doing it. <laughs> Wait for it. Oh, there's some more Marvel shit as well in the news. Why are you hurting? You're not hurting this much about Marvel. There's good Marvel stuff. Infinity Wars is coming up, and it's had that amazing. They've given the quote about the the best most what's it the best crossover ever. Oh yeah, Almost, <laughs> that was good. The internet stuff that's been generated off that has been amazing. Yeah. And it was won today. It was won by somebody who'd got a Toblerone mm. and they had laid chocolate orange bits <laughs> <laughs> in between the ridges of the Toblerone <laughs> as the most ambitious crossover ever. I was like, you've just won the internet, okay, my friend. Right. Okay. So they released the running time of this of the next film. The Infinity War. You mean there's no running? To, is it just forever? No, it's two and a half hours, mate. They're all two and a half hours. No, they are not. Yes, they are. We've Ooh, just they so are not. Mish and I have just sat down and watched all of them. Yeah. We've just what? watched all of them. In, yeah, we have. No, I don't. You don't need to see them more than once, mate. We've just watched them all in order. We watched the Hulk last night. What with um, what Ang Lee's Hulk? No, no. Oh, <laughs> I love Ang Lee's Hulk so much. There's this awful bit where he's like, you know, the bit he's in the desert, and uh, he's it's shot from such so far away, and such like a it's a massive wide shot, and he's so far away. And there's this little piddly little Hulk, and he's like bouncing around like. Pew. It looks awful, and it is. <laughs> it does, it does look you, so Oh, bad. You're, you're talking about Edward Norton's I'm talking Hulk. about Edward Norton, the one that everyone's forgotten about, and it's yes. actually really good in places. No, it's not, yes, it but is. I know what you mean. Um, it's I, d- don't you wish that it was still Edward Norton in all this shit? No. Rather than, no, um, what's Ruffalo. his name? I think the juxtaposition Thinking of Mark... Thinking man's heart from Mark <laughs> Ruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> I think the juxtaposition of Mark Ruffalo's soft the character... Rough. Yes. versus the Hulk is really interesting we were commenting last night on how how different he looked from like his role in American History X where he was yeah. huge mm. um, and that worked like he looks like a scientist in that film you know, or your yeah. stereotypical impression of a scientist yeah. um, and that worked with all of them but he just doesn't seem as sympathetic I mean he's as, just doing the same character isn't he he's doing Edward Norton from Fight Club that yeah the boring version like it, that, that was but about it's it. also the only Marvel um, is Tim Roth in that Tim Roth in it Tim Roth's great oh. Tim Roth's in it it's also the only Marvel film that's actually got a soundtrack that you could remember has it well, with the exception of the Avengers can you remember any theme tune from any Marvel film yeah of course I can that's Batman in it so I went to see uh, what was it called? The the Incredible Hulk or the Hulk? I went to see that at the IMAX in London's Waterloo IMAX, and it was a fucking massive con because it was a normal screen size projection on the IMAX screen, which meant there was more black space than the fucking Milky Way. <laughs> A tiny little screen in the middle, like, oh, what is this? Can you fucking imagine that? 
Why have I fucking gone to the IMAX? Why am I in fucking Waterloo, which is miles away from anywhere, over a bridge? Like, just to see a normal screen, just to see a, a regular projection, like a standard size screen. Why am I in a fucking room the size of space watching this shit? <laughs> does the IMAX regularly put on SD movies? Yes, it's SD tiny piss movies. Yeah, I think it does. Absolute scum. And the film was average anyway. Um, but it had one of the first... Was that the second post-credits scene? Yes. After Iron Man yeah. 1. Yeah. And Tony Stark walks in and talks to... General <laughs> Stryker from yeah. X-Men. Two and a half hours is a long... No, it is not, mate. Winter Soldier's that long. No, nothing has been longer than... I can't remember what they said. Captain America Civil War, two hours, 27 minutes. Yeah. That's Civil War, which is which is the longest so far, with an, a, and another ensemble piece, right? I'm all for it. I think it's going to be great. No, it's not going to be great. But that's anyway, the do you know end, the reason the why it's that long? Why is it that long, Chris? Because loads of people are going to die. Of course they are, and it's going to be amazing. I think because you can't kill a, a major character, and they're all major characters now, aren't they? You can't kill a major character and then just go, oh, he's dead, right, move on. You've got to devote some screen time to that so like, the film sort of slows down or whatever. I reckon we're talking about 10 minutes per death. <laughs> Minimum two deaths, 20, 20 minutes so of that, the next... Just extra death. It's extra death. 20 minutes of Marvel's Infinity War film devoted to death. I think that's acceptable. Yeah, I think it is as well. I think that's good math. I think it's good logic. Well done, Chris. Gold star. I think Captain America's going first. Shut all the doors in the known universe. He's going to go first. He's going to save somebody. Saving somebody. He's probably going to try and save the Hulk. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's going to die. Gonna he's, not gonna be he's not going to be found hanging in the closet dying from a <laughs> fatal wanking accident. Hold <laughs> a belt around his neck. <laughs> An orange in his mouth. Just trying to swallow his own shield. Why is this, uh, what's this bit of rope attached to this door? Oh leave my it. God. <laughs> he, look he looks so happy. Maybe I should leave him. Quick, take the orange out of his mouth. Why? Because it just looks silly. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Man, something to see. So, okay. Cap's going first, followed by Iron Man. Iron Man's going to die in the last act. That's it's, what I reckon. Uh, what? Danny Jr.'s out. That's big. It's huge. That is that is huge, isn't it? But those are two That'd actors. Be, it'd be actually who, worth putting up with that fucking running time for that. Two actors who've spent the last month talking about all the exciting projects they're going to be doing. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, why can't they get rid of all the boring, like, waste of time characters instead? Like Hulk. The Hulk character is the worst character in this, bar Black Widow and Jeremy Renner. But Hulk does nothing. He just bounces around and like no one cares. He can't be killed. He's invincible. He bounces off and then Marvel's way of killing him is just to push him out of the frame. Push him out of the universe uh, just into like, another universe. Like a pinball. Like They just bounce him off around the other side of the world. And it's like, oh, that's convenient. The Hulk was so powerful. He jumped out of the fourth wall. <laughs> he did. He did. It's a comic book. I'm doing a comic book. Like these little frames appear. Oh, come on, Ang. We get it. I don't know if I'm excited for this film. I sort of am, because I don't think I've seen anything with this amount of intertextuality in it in mm. at one time. It's like a Stephen King novel. But you are excited for it. You just know exactly already all the emotions <sighs> you're going to feel before yeah, you go yeah, into know, it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like paid by numbers. Woo! Incredible. Vanilla, isn't it? It is, but they're fun. They are fucking fun. vanilla, been, mate. They are, but having just rewatched them all, what's been really cool is seeing all the references peppered about the different films and seeing yeah. it all joined together again in ways that we'd totally forgotten. Yeah. Like Wakanda's referenced quite far back. Is it? You know, it's in Age of Ultron, so at least five years ago. It's kind of a shame that this Fox deal won't have gone through 
well, I'm, obviously they've wrapped all this, but it's all done. But because then what you would have got is Disney buying Fox, Disney owning Marvel. What you would have got is a post-credits Wolverine scene. But who's going to be Wolverine now? I thought it was um, that British actor who was in The Hobbit. Well, one of the, the Martin Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be Martin Freeman, mate. Who's the head dwarf? Oh, I don't fucking know. Oh, Richard Armitage. Something like that. I could see that working. Yeah, why not? Fuck it, reboot it. What? Let's talk about Annihilation. We nearly watched this simultaneously. Hey, mate, look, you were really excited about Annihilation. Oh, I was so excited. Do you know why I was excited? Apart from the fact that it was Alex Garland. Yes. Who wrote The Beach, 28 Days Later, Sunshine. Best teamed up with Danny Boyle. They were a great pairing. But then went off and did his own stuff. Did Ex Machina. Like Dread. Did Dread. I forgot Dread. Yes. Dread's good. Dread's really good. Dread also, Love co- Dread. also coined the term hard 18. Everyone started talking. It's like not only was it an eighteen because we hadn't seen one at the cinema for fucking years. I know. Yeah, like, everything's it just only, like it wasn't merged only... into like a oh, difficult fifteen again. Fuck off. Yeah, it's like well, it should be an eighteen, but we'll get more money if we make it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flattened out into like a, just a queue of teenagers. Like, oh, for fuck's sake. PG thirteen. Ooh. But yeah, everyone's like, no, it's not an eighteen. It's a hard eighteen. I mean, it's fucked yes, up. Yes, I know. It's great. So good dread as well and then went on to more cerebral stuff like Ex Machina or Careful, interviews, mate. interviews with a robot I thought yeah so I, people I, rate it but like that's yeah, not oh, like, yeah, that's but people, not like what winds me up is that people really rate it as in like genius level it's, it's like, like calm calm down a bit it's, it's, it's alright yeah it's got what was that terrible film that you showed me a couple of years ago which is the the same as Ex Machina is it called AI with that British guy who was a Bond villain The Machine yes that was getting rave reviews everywhere and I was like we've got to go and see this and we went and watched it and it was trash exactly it was awful wasn't it we tapped out within the first it we like touch screens have been out how long have touch screens been out for maybe about a year or so like an iPhone no maybe no, a bit no, longer no. than that no mate this was like this was 20 about 2015 alright fuck this so in one of the first scenes somebody gets shot and blood spurts all over the their workstation and they actually had a voice come over like warning liquid contamination cannot use touch screen interface and at that point we're like really we're in a sci-fi film you need to explain that for people yeah because he's, he, he's grasping at the touch screen to like shut down something because there's blood on it it doesn't respond but you just have to show that don't you you yeah, just have to show it not responding like we've all like a voiceover we've all been out in the rain and realized that it makes your phone go fucking crazy yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. so that's when you when you watch that before watching ex machina you're like this rings a bell i hadn't compared the two and that's all i could see watching that film mate was like Oh, this is this yeah, just reminds me of that fucking gash. <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> Alex Garland sitting there? We're like, this is shit. I can do this way better. Mm. You talk about all the stuff with the touring test. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck, I mean, I, had, I mean, I seen that. It's a ten a penny. Those scenes, like, it's ripped off a of Blade Runner for a start. So the Blade Runner scene is the boring. Start, Blade Runner it? scene. I'm throwing it in. It's not it's boring. So boring. Oh, secret it's cinema a, update, mate. <laughs> I'm still fed up. It's getting closer. My new tactic to get through Blade Runner Secret Cinema is to get really, really tanked up beforehand. And so I actually lose myself in that world, which is perfect because in that world, in the future, in Los Angeles, 2049 or whatever the fuck it is, I would not go and see Blade Runner at the cinema. I would just hang around noodle bars and maybe a strip show. Not a strip show. Oh, shit. Bollocks. Oh, you tricked me. You tricked me again. Oh, you're clever. Do you know what happened this morning? 
I, no, because I wasn't in the bathtub with you. I was in the bathtub, and I thought about Secret Cinema. And your dick shriveled up and just <laughs> crawled up inside <laughs> yourself. I started to physically lactate. <laughs> Your brother listens to this show every week, and every week all you do is rip on the fact that he bought you this <laughs> wonderful present. Yeah, no, he, no, he owes me this. I bought him. I bought. <laughs> he's still paying me back some money that he owes me. The fool's gone back. Anyway, so I thought about. Oh God, I've got to go to Blade Runner. I've got to watch Blade Runner again, and I don't think I can do it. I genuinely think I cannot. I, I can't cope with bought with pure water or boredom. <laughs> Please do this for me. Wherever you're actually the actual screening part of the evening is, uh, will be fabulous. No, like, no, no, it will. No, it it will be, no, the actual location will be fabulous. Well, well, the warehouse. Do, well, wherever it's going to be yeah, in the warehouse. What I want you to do, please, what? is wait till the lights go down and <laughs> stand up really loudly and go, don't lie, Blade Runner. <laughs> That's, oh, Blade Runner. Oh, boo, boring. It's like my trench coat, like, wafting as I, as I fuck off. I've got this mental block about this this experience. Shit's gonna get serious. So I'd rather just get absolutely smashed and forget where I am, who's in charge, and what year it is. You might wake up like on the floor, covered in your own filth, thinking you're in the future. Did I black out to 2018 again? <laughs> Shit! <laughs> Shit! still in Blade Runner I'm still <laughs> it's a Black Mirror episode where Chris goes to see Blade Runner and realises that he is in Blade Runner all the time and the real world's a dream but let's go back to Ex Machina oh yeah overrated next <laughs> so when I found out he was doing a new film that was coming to Netflix didn't even have to go to the cinema to see it yep. could have been a warning sign I was dead excited but it was sold to me on a, an article I think I read in The Guardian it was talking about the fact that it was all female cast which was interesting straight away so we yep. just had Ghostbusters and what a croc that was I haven't seen and it and what I didn't think this would be Apparently and it really said it, talk, it sold it as a horror film with smart people making smart decisions but shit's still going wrong Oh, yeah. And I thought, that sounds interesting. Yes, that does sound interesting. That's not what we saw, though, was it? Very simply. In the worst special effects I've ever seen. Spoilers. Since Ray Harryhausen. Spoilers. Spoilers. A meteorite. (laughs) I like saying spoilers. Hits a lighthouse. Oh, yeah. And causes a petrally shimmer. To exp- a petrol, it looks like petrol, doesn't it? Oh, sorry, yeah, petrol, like an iridescent. Yes, yeah. thank you. That's shimmer. a word that petrol <laughs> is yeah. fine. I just, I just <laughs> took a word that I knew in another one and slammed <laughs> them together. Shimmer. No, yeah. that's in the original it's like script. Speak, it's that bad. It's like Ooh. how I speak Czech. Is it? Just add ski to the end of everything. <laughs> right. It does work. Ski. Okay, yeah, sometimes it works. It okay, yeah. So it creates this sort of like iridescent shimmer. They call it the Shimmer. Ooh, iridescent. Um, on this sort of, around this location, which is a, a It's a national house. park, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's it, like a national park or something like that. And the people that go into it go missing. But Natalie Portman, her husband, played by Oscar Isaacs, goes missing for a year. He turns up unexpected. She thinks he's dead. He's acting all creepy and weird. He's got slicked back hair, which is weird. It is weird. And uh, they take him in an ambulance because he starts having convulsions. She's in the ambulance as well. The ambulance gets stopped by, the ambulance gets stopped by a lot of uh, gangsters or police and they take them both to a facility it's she re- where she badly narrates things she badly narrates things a bunch of girls get together and they go into this event and then shit starts happening with a really twangy guitar so that was my first like ooh. there's a few moments where you kind of start thinking alright this isn't going exactly where I was thinking 
it was going. When you've got a bunch of people walking into a scary forest with happy guitar music playing, like guitar music that's better suited to like a corporate video about somebody's new coffee beans. So anyway, the four or five characters go in and they start seeing weird things. One scene, they wake up in the first morning, right? Natalie Portman's character, you start in her tent and she wakes up and she steps outside and the other tents and the girls are around her and she has a conversation with another character and the other character's like do you not know how long we've been out here and Natalie Portman's character's like we just got here didn't we like I just woke up we've been here literally less than a day she's like no we've been here at least a couple of days and I thought "Ooh, that's quite that's quite unsettling. And I thought that the film was gonna you know, explore that in more detail, which is quite scary. Then you, you've got a whole host of things you can play with, like disorientation, mm-hmm. unreliable narrators, unreliable characters. And I thought that's actually quite scary because it was billed to me as a horror film. Yeah, me And I was too. waiting for the horror to start. Also, it was a really simple thing to do, but I love the fact that they all, it wasn't her keeping it to herself. It wasn't her, like, she had a problem, she was feeling a bit weird, she wanted to keep it from everyone else. It was straight away, like, is everyone feeling this way? Yes, okay, right, we know this is a thing. I like the fact yeah. that they came out and addressed it and it made me think, okay, this is the intelligent people making smart decisions. Because <laughs> it's followed up almost immediately after that by one of them dicking around with their communication equipment and the leader, Jennifer Jason Lee, cuts her off straight away and says, we've sent in six teams yeah. and we're not heard from anybody. Yeah. What were you expecting? And yeah. again, I was like, okay, this is this is promising there was a dodgy music thing earlier but this is promising but what happens is it's not intelligent people making intelligent decisions it's the usual intelligent people because they're scientists just doing the same shit that everyone else in horror films does so they just go into like an empty house and come out again and then die because they've done that. There's you know, a huge in, in high watchtower near a military base that they could stay in, but instead they camp on the floor. Do you know what I mean? And one of them gets attacked by a bear. For the middle part of the movie, for the majority of it, most of the second act, you just kind of get standard horror. There's bits which have been ripped from a Hannibal episode where all the moss and algae oh, have grown yes. out of the people. Yeah, I That's that. fresh yeah, yeah. out of a Hannibal episode. And I was so disappointed at that. So there's a scene where they, in these abandoned like swimming pool area during the day when they come across a previous like member of the expedition who's been mutated and turned into like moss and a sort of plant and there's a skull at the top which is quite horrific this is something that I noticed throughout and started to play on my mind was Alex Garland's direction and for me it was like could have done so much more with that it's almost akin to the reveal in Aliens when you start seeing the alien hive from the cam footage of the marines and People are like, what is that? Can you like pull back a bit? Like, look, what is that again? And they're, they're showing those unnatural walls and then it cuts to a wide and it pans up slowly. It's like, wow, what the fuck is this? That's like, James Cameron is a master. Like, he understands visual storytelling so much better than Garland, who just kind of shoots it from the sides in natural light and stuff like that. It's shot in exactly the same way as Ex Machina. Whereas it works for interviews with a robot, it doesn't work for this because you need action beats and cutting and something to actually yeah. emphasize what's happening. The closest thing we came to seeing heightened action was when the girl gets pulled into the water. Yeah. I mean, there's about three cuts in that sequence. Just about. I'm not saying you have to cut, but you've got to use the camera to accent what's happening. Movement. The overriding feeling for me watching this film was, fuck me, I just want to see something 
cover by David Fincher. What I actually did after watching this was YouTube all of the fight scenes from Troy. <laughs> oh, God. Why would you do it's such a, it, They are masterful. I wanted to watch the work of a seasoned director, not the work of a screenwriter who's asking a cinematographer what to do next. Like, Spielberg does so well. It just made me crave to watch, like, a fucking classic director like Spielberg or Fincher. There's one or two moments that are absolute genius. Like, the bear. Yeah, that was class. This bear that they come across has mutated into its ability to copy what people are saying. And we're not talking like a talking bear. It's not suddenly blue. It's not <laughs> blue. blue. It sort of is blue. It repeats the odd phrase. It's kind of reminiscent of Predator in a way. Yeah. yeah it but is. it's just subtle. Yeah, that's why he rips it off. The bear's lips aren't moving. It's like, ooby doo, I want to be like you. <laughs> but it's, it's on the inhale, isn't it? You hear the, the scream and the whines. That was a really, the really good little killed. set piece, wasn't it? Because they're all tied up and they hear a dead character screaming like, and they're like, what the fuck? I thought they were dead. And then you, you, you find out that it's coming from this, like, this evil bear witch. And then it gets minced as well. It gets shot sideways on. That was pretty horrific as well. Yeah. So that was, that was oh, cool. Oh man, it's just, but do you know what? That, that's what I'm talking about. That scene, the way it was framed, um, was really sort of flat. It's basically the T-Rex scene from Jurassic Park when they're in the cars, when the monster is super close and it's sort of circling its prey. Imagine Spielberg shooting that scene. It would look totally different. The camera would be, it would be moving so much more and it'd be a lot more frightening. And that's what I miss so much from Alex Garland's direction. Gotta give one nod to the end as well. The actual creation when she crawls into like the alien hive layer thing. Yeah. And there's the moment of actual creation with that. It felt like it was a tacked on 2001 reference to make the, the story look clever. I'm glad you've mentioned 2001 because I think this whole film is like sci-fi genius in the same way that 2001 is in Tchaikovsky's Solaris is i.e. fucking boring. Stop hating on those classic <laughs> films. 2001's <laughs> good. 2001's you awful. Hate 2001's those films so much. awful. It's not. It's, it's brilliant. It's, is it though? I don't think is I, don't, it? I don't think this blobby thing this is similar to Arrival right? Which you've seen as well and you didn't like did you? I appreciate why it's good. I yeah. think it's truly original but it just wasn't for me. But the point, the point is, that is a film about intelligent characters making intelligent decisions because they are scientists and they are translating something which is untranslatable into something meaningful, right? So that's it. There's an example of what intelligence on screen should look like. So that's what I was kind of hoping for in this as well, but I didn't get that at all. And also, The End of Arrival compared to the end of Annihilation. Two films include these huge alien-style events. In Arrival, huge UFOs uh, appear across the world, which is ripped off Independence Day, which is ripped off... off v. <laughs> ripped off V, which is ripped off Childhood, Childhood's End which by Arthur C. Clarke. Ripped off War of the Worlds by HG. Exactly, yes! Hey, we complete the loop! However, one of them, Arrival, feels a lot more global in scale. These alien things arrive, they act as a kind of black mirror to humanity they do nothing and humanity nearly tears itself apart so nuclear war nearly happens and has to be averted at the last moment in the last sort of 20 minutes and all these aliens do is sit there and do fuck all and humanity can't cope with that it can't cope with that reticence so it starts to fucking draw tanks on the lawn right so it feels global even though the actions are very simple and the story is quite a, a simple story 
Whereas in Annihilation, it feels a lot smaller in scale and a lot more kind of local. The idea is that nobody knows about the Shimmer. They've kept it secret. It's only a couple of miles wide, etc. But yeah, it doesn't have that. Sc- it doesn't have that scale. Yeah, and then, then therefore it doesn't have as much resonance as a film. Like it just feels like a little small event. I don't think that's fair. I, I think it can be a small event and still be significant. I think the problem is that you don't connect with anybody mm. in the film at all. I think what was interesting was straight away you get the hint that. Natalie Portman isn't a reliable narrator. When did you know that? It's in the first interview. I just got a feeling that... Because they were quite boring as well. It was a horrible stop. (sighs) Every so often, we've got to stop to go back to this scene now to listen to her talk. But then it's compounded by the fact that when you found out that she had an affair with the other teacher, it's like, right, now I know she's lying because I know she's morally questionable. The present day timeline is Natalie Portman being interrogated, i.e. what happened to you? Let me tell you. And my heart sinks when when I watch narratives that are structured that way. You know, when you get like an intro scene and then the screen goes dark and it says two years earlier. The first thing you think of when you see her is, oh, fuck, I know she survives now, which was my first thought. And I mean, okay, obviously we realize that she doesn't survive. She's the copy. She's the alien. Therefore, sticking two fingers up to your first assumption, Mm. you know, that, oh, she survives. But it just wasn't interesting enough for me to go, oh, you got me. Also, it became apparent that that the the flash forward scenes to the present day were literally a way of trying to avoid having a voiceover because all those scenes did was provide a voiceover track like what did you do next what were you thinking and she says of course she says shit like of course what i really meant was this and it's like that's just voiceover and they they, they wanted to try and you know skirt around that so they put flash forward scenes or flashbacks or whatever so you lose that immediacy of a story especially a horror film if you're trying to tell a horror I don't know if even if you wanted to tell a horror film by the way is is this supposed to be a horror film or a sci-fi film with horror elements I don't know but if you're if you're going to have horror elements in a film then there's an amazingly efficient way of pulling the plug on all the tension and watching it drain away what you do is you just flash forward to present day where the protagonist is still alive and well unless you want to like play with that which I guess it kind of tried to do at the end by suggesting that she was a you just didn't give enough of a shit no you didn't that was the thing but I mean not everybody's thinking the same way like there's people whose opinions I pretend to respect and other people whose opinions I do respect saying like the events of the thing done with the ladies from the descent but goes into Stella at the end with Poe Dameron four out of five that's good who said that that's from Kev cheers Kev so I, I don't know I was quite disappointed by it I was disappointed and not only was I disappointed I was sorry that I'd recommended it to you and I have to publicly <laughs> I have to publicly apologise to Boz because Boz was really upset really <laughs> fuck it I enjoyed not paying cinema prices for this I'd have been pissed if, I, if I'd have had to leave the house and spent money to go and watch it I'd have been yeah I would have been upset did it sort of did it change like your expectations of it or or how you felt watching it by watching it at home compared to if you'd, you'd paid no. like money to see it at the cinema I only ask one question whenever I'm watching like anything on TV which is please entertain me that's all I really give a shit about like people like always saying oh, oh god it must be horrible for you can't you just watch a film without analysing it I'm like yeah all the time in fact I find it really difficult analysing stuff because every time I sit down to just analyse it I end up drifting off <laughs> and, get, and getting lost in it But so that that isn't a problem for me but yeah I mean had I parted with like 15 quid to see it I'd have been more pissed off than I was why can't someone make a film Tristan that's 
anywhere near as good as Event Horizon was. Should we watch it at your house? That and Pandora. Did we watch it at my house? Of course we did, mate. Like, religiously. Why have you forgotten all that? I've never forgotten. Yeah, we'd play Privateer to the Darkening and then we crack, yes! on, then we yes, crack we on with a bit of a Man Horizon. Then we made our own version of Privateer to the Darkening. Which was incredible. It was incredible. Yes. Live Blades. Live Blades. Like, we must have been I just insane. fucking sold that. I had a, like an antique sword that we used and chipped the fuck out of it. I just sold it at Sotheby's like last month. 600 quid. Nice I'll one. tell you that. So why can't people just release Event Horizon every year? I can go and watch it again. It's never been Don't better. You see? <laughs> did they rip that? Right, did they take the piss out of that in South Park? Uh, I think they when? did randomly with the did with they? the left hand killer. What? He keeps going to Cartman. Do you see? Do you see? He's like, oh my god, I'm so bored. Was that New Horizon? <laughs> was well, I wonder. I wonder because he keeps. They That's kept referencing as it. Fuck. No, but the, the point of Annihilation is you're never going to make a film as good as Van Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> so why bother? Oh. I feel like. I'm hungover. I've just woken up and it's a fucking Sunday. Nothing's gonna happen today. I need something in my life. What could I possibly turn to to cheer me up on a Sunday, mate? Apart from Pornhub. <laughs> no, that's what I was, I was talking about, Pornhub. <laughs> so we're gonna give you a list of films to watch now. <laughs> Alright, The Graduate. Absolute textbook, mate. I fucking associate that film with Sunday afternoon viewing. Have you seen you know, it? I haven't. Mate! I still actually haven't you seen the original. So Dustin, to, mate, Hoffman. To the, point, to the point. Oh, fuck, I can't watch any more Hoffman no, films. No, you're not allowed to watch Hoffman and like oh, it. Oh, that's another one gone. You know in Wayne's World 2 where they do the rip-off of it? Yes. I didn't know. No, you wouldn't have because no. you haven't seen it. No, I was just like, what's this? Why are people laughing? I don't understand why this is funny. What, the uh, Cassandra? Yeah. yeah. Well, The Graduate's one because it's, a, it's I don't know, there's something about films of that era and they're just really suited to afternoon viewing. <laughs> like their last ages, they're shot mostly in the daytime <laughs> and they're great. They're really well written. So The Graduate's a fucking brilliant film. Um, definitely worth watching. If you haven't seen that, mate... Well, it's going to go on my list now. Yes, it is. It okay, is. add The Graduate to Tristan's watch list. Done. Okay, Done. this is a list of classic films Tristan okay. refuses to watch. These are two very different lists because I took this from a point of like, oh my God, I can't move. I just need some pretty colours okay. and something to distract me. Okay, yeah. So my first film is Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo. Are you fucking joking? No, I'm not. Juice Bigelow. <laughs> what are you on about? I'm on about Rob Schneider. Oh my God. Rob Schneider is absolute best I got a thin dick and other yeah. really <laughs> what about Juice Bigelow uh, <laughs> starring, starring Rob Schneider <laughs> Rob Schneider <laughs> medieval weapons they're worth twice as much if that's killed someone the joke that has made me laugh out loud more than any other joke in cinema history whilst being in a fucking cinema watching a comedy was in Juice Bigelow Male Gigolo 2 have you seen there's that no. what do you mean you haven't seen that no. there's um, they're in Amsterdam and there's this scene like he's at some I don't know it's like he's in the afternoon and he go, Juice Bigelow goes to this house and it's like there's I think it's like there's a porn director and he's the, the ruse is he has to like get some information off him but there's it, they're shooting like um, some midget porn and it's I'm pretty sure it's Peter Dinklage who's playing the the midget in it and he's like he has a go at Juice Bigelow and Juice Bigelow grabs him and then like chucks him out of the window you know Amsterdam's like full of canals and stuff like that and he smashes through the window and he falls 
and through the frame into the canal and the sound effect is like a tiny bloop <laughs> <laughs> and it's, think, it's so non-fucking PC I don't these days. think it's going to be Peter Dinklage it's so, it's so non-PC I, it's, I can't imagine him doing that <laughs> don't make me he bitch man slap you there's just so many fucking great I love the tank guy Ooh. it's like look I'm not trying to flip you over and do you dry just squat on it for a night and let me know <laughs> stop squat don't look on. me in the eyes stop don't do it again <laughs> well we went to the aquarium like last weekend and all I could think of was fishy 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 they don't really like that well, so Juice Bigelow I can't, I can't remember any of the jokes from Juice Bigelow one <laughs> piss face I can't remember so many yeah ball hair but we need is a strike hair hey what do you think of the other team horse <laughs> I don't know what that is <laughs> I just remember the little midget joke give me the next one give me your next one fucking hell you've set the bar haven't you Raging Bull's gonna be on this fucking list yeah the searchers John Ford Weston, archetypal, gorgeous film. Are these films that you'd actually watch or are these Mate. films that you'd want other people to think that you watch? No, I love like the people go, no, I love 2001. It's my favourite yeah, movie. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not one of those wanky fucking virtue signalling type lists. This is like genuine films that I've watched, well, mainly at university. So every day is a fucking Sunday, isn't it? Um, like, <laughs> oh, yes, it was. I mean, you can devote hours of any fucking afternoon watching good films. The Searchers is a fucking amazing film. It inspired Star Wars. You love Star Wars. Why haven't we seen the searches? That's on the list, isn't it? It's, it's, it's now all right. I mean, it's three hours I'm gonna long, raise, so I'm going to raise the bar a little bit with this one. Indiana Jones, Last Crusade. Oh, what a movie, mate. Exactly. Do you what, know what a I mean? movie. Connery and Ford. Like Connery's only 10 years older than him, but he's playing his dad. I love that. You've forgotten how good it is. Watch it. The timing is perfect. The yes. stunts are real. They both um, shag the same girl. I know. Which is <laughs> so it. awkward. That scene in like the Nazi castle bit is like note perfect, isn't it? It's great. Like Damn, comedy. What? Even crap jokes like people looking in the opposite direction like dad yeah, what? yeah. over the chair yeah brilliant i love that that is fucking gold okay. how did you know she was a nazi she talks in her sleep oh <laughs> yes what a movie that's better than both of them that i suggested watch it if you haven't seen it in ages put it on you've forgotten how good it is uh american wealth in london mate yes oh, john landis oh. Fucking Landis masterclass. I'm not a fan. You know, I'm what? not a fan. It's that would great. be for me. That would be equivalent. Rick Mail's <laughs> in it. So, is he? Mm-hmm. I might watch it again just to try and see him. It's a great balance between horror and then comedy. It's a note perfect film. It doesn't push either of those too far. It's just got this wonderful tone to it that's great to watch, especially when you're like either hungover or whatever. I would say then that I probably missed the horror element. What? and the comedy uh, the thing I was always told to watch for was The Amazing Transformation which in 1983 was incredible like Stan Winston or something not so much now was it Stan Winston I don't know if it was Stan Winston who's Sex Machine I don't know from from the Sudan. oh Sex Machine what's his name oh yeah, 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 I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. why is he stroking his penis <laughs> no, I'm not sure I've got, I'm wearing trousers <laughs> Is he though? Yeah, there's those two like effects guys, Stan Winston from the thing and Steve. There are only Albini two effects guys. Talk, talk, there are only what? two practical effects that's guys. My, that's my next oh, film. Oh, one, because he's dead. So that was your next film. American so I'm going to stay in a sort of similar vein. Okay, I hear you. I disagree. What? Um, what do you mean you disagree? You can't disagree. I'm giving you a list. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Thanks, Chris. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> fuck's sake. My next one's kind of in the same vein. So I'm going to go with Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Yeah, see, I can't watch that anymore. What? Bored. 
Really? Can't watch it anymore. I've watched it too many times. I'm going to say it in a way that's not going to sell it to you even more. You need to watch it for the camera blocking. Zemeckis level blocking. No, there's the one scene you have to watch where they're uh, they're in Emmett's house discussing the plan, the fact that Marty might not... <laughs> discussing the Emmett's house? Doc Emmett Brown. <laughs> you're actually claiming you're on first name terms with the Doc from Back <laughs> to the Future. I'm right. Well, you'd be on first name terms with Marty. Why would you not be on first name terms with Emmett? Because no one calls him <laughs> Emmett. <laughs> You just see it like on a letter. <laughs> it's the fucking dark. <laughs> I cannot watch it any more times. Wow. It's because I owned it like on VHS. That means you've owned so it. Overwatched. That means you've owned it since VHS. No, I know, yeah. yeah. But it's just so it's too overwatched, so I know every scene. Therefore watching it again is like just going right reading the old testament or something like that. Reading the old testament? Ooh. I don't know what I'm talking about. Because you can't think of anything more dull. Or just reading another calendar. <laughs> <laughs> like, read like oh this is the calendar from 2014 that's there's June Night of the Living Dead love Night of the Living Dead never seen Night of the Living Dead I've, I've, I haven't seen a single film on your list I don't know I just associate it with um I've no idea. I just really want you to watch Night of the Living Dead. It's because it's it's seminal and it was the first zombie film ever made. And it's one of those classics that it's it feels like none of those black and white like Hitchcock things like Psycho. To me, it feels like one of those. Night of the Living Dead is a class film. There's an amazing twist at the end. So Night of the Living Dead's for you. Next on my list, I've gone with Goodfellas. Yeah, that's a great shout, mate. That film has perfect pace yes okay there's no fat on any of those scenes no they hang around right. exact amount of time they should do yes and there's even when they don't cut I mean obviously everyone talks about the table scene yeah the introduction which has been mirrored in so many different films well a really long take well it's a it. really long take but it's constantly developing because it's taking us through yeah, the back yeah, of the yeah. club and stuff like that through the kitchen the pace the club. is just I keep saying the word pace so good. but that's what it is it's a film that doesn't outstay its welcome yeah. and goes out as strong as it came in definitely agree with that and I actually had not Goodfellas but Casino on my list not seen Casino Have you're not? winning so far yeah fuck mate C Casino yeah it's not as good as Goodfellas but a fucking great movie to watch it's basically the same as Goodfellas <laughs> so everyone's a bit older <laughs> 12 Angry Men ah oh, yes. that is a good film part of my favourite I don't think it's even a genre mm -hmm. but the one room films yes is one of my favourite sort of genres of all time and yeah. something we're definitely going to be talking about and 12 Angry Men is the basis for all of those films it's the one that everyone wants to be in some respect it's that kind of Glen Gary Glen Ross style theatre like on stage one room real like you've got when you have such a focus on characters when you can't leave a room and you've got to rely on what a character says or does for 90 odd minutes then you've got to work so fucking hard and nailing the writing. It's and 12 me. Angry Men just does that so fucking well. But again, it's like one of those old films that I always associate watching kind of like during the daytime in an afternoon or whatever, like growing up. Yeah, I can't imagine going to the cinema or making an event of that. Yeah, exactly. I agree what you're saying. Yeah, yeah maybe you talk about how difficult it is to keep the focus and stuff like that. Maybe that's why I shouldn't have been trying for the last four years to write my first feature as one of those. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. why I've yeah, re yeah. redrafted okay, so you've be, it. You've got to be become a master before you can learn to walk <laughs> alright so I'm going to finish off then because this is the last one for me the 90s classic Stargate Stargate watch it actual watch Stargate it. actual Stargate the, the original Kurt I need to say Kurt Douglas Kurt Russell <laughs> 
Fucking hell. Kurt Why Russell and James Spader. I can't picture... Yeah, I can picture James Spader, but I cannot picture Kurt Russell in it. I mean, I All I can see is Snake fucking Plissken. <laughs> I can't believe that that film spawned the longest-running science fiction series in history. It had something like 14, 15 seasons, the main one. Stargate. I know I can't believe it either because I can't... Here's this huge thing. I don't know a character. I can't <laughs> quote a line. No. I don't know a... St- I saw one storyline briefly when I caught half an episode. Mm. But there's also been Stargate Atlantis, Stargate AIDS, Stargate... SG-1. Yeah, thank you. 90s classic Stargate. It's a nothing movie, but it's entertaining. It does not deserve to spawn the longest running science fiction <laughs> series of all time off the back of it, does not it? Not at all. I can't remember which ones I've said. Uh, it is Kiss Me Deadly. So film noir, um, therefore the basis of all neo-noir, Blade Runner, Altered Carbon, anything with a fucking PI in it. This is a classic film noir, genuine film noir, and it's the inspiration for Tarantino's suitcase. It's worth watching because it's a fast-paced narrative. It's classic cinema you know 1940s like detective stuff and it pushes out of its own genre so you think of film noir and you think of like okay private dick then there's the femme fatale and whatever he's got to solve a case but this contains this mystery box and no one knows what's in it so that is a MacGuffin. but at the end they shot two endings apparently it's that kind of like when they open it this mysterious force is in it so it kind of moves from classic film noir into science fiction because um, it becomes Indiana Jones and the Ark of the Covenant exactly it, it, exactly which is nicked from Kiss Me Deadly so I'd love you to watch that film actually just because I think it's classic cinema and I think you'll recognise so many other films or cinema tropes from it and it's um, it's partly why we're called What's in the Box. I'm moving house right now, right? Which means I've got a load of DVDs that I need to bin. So how about this as a competition? We love iTunes reviews, don't we, Tristan? So exclusively this week, we're giving away an actual DVD. Whoever writes us a review will get a free DVD of my choice, seconded by Tristan, sent to your horrible house. Everyone that writes us an iTunes Everyone. review. Everyone. <laughs> You can follow us on Twitter at Box Fresh Films and tell us what your favourite five films to watch are on a Sunday. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. Okay, goodbye everyone. That's our show.